Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to Scott Lieberman on Leading the Charge. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of Leading the Charge on Believe in Chargers, only on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Of course you do. Why wouldn't you? If you didn't, you wouldn't be listening to the show. I'm Scott Lieberman, your host with the most on the coast, and we have a special guest and co-host coming to the show in the form of former Chargers linebacker Kyle Emanuel. But before we get to that, just a little breakdown of what we're talking about today. First of all, home loss to the Steelers Sunday night. Wah, wah, wah. Not a good look for the Chargers right now. Two and four through six games. I just don't know. But Kyle will weigh in on his thoughts about that. We'll talk a little fantasy football. We're going to talk a little bit about the Chargers relocation from San Diego to L.A., I know it's not something we touch on very many times, but something Kyle and I want to talk about, and yeah. We'll also weigh in on whether or not Melvin Gordon's return has helped or hurt the team, defensive woes, and as usual, answer listener questions. Just a reminder that if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary and tune in. You can find us on the web at believe.com and at believe podcasts on all your social media accounts. And just to give you a little backdrop about my new host, Kyle, he is from Schuyler, Nebraska. Attended North Dakota State, drafted in 2015, round five, pick 153 by the San Diego Chargers, who are obviously LA now. Four time NCAA FCS national champion and winner of the Buck Buchanan Award in 2014. His career spans in the NFL with 147 tackles, four sacks, one forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, two interceptions, and one defensive touchdown, and recently retired back in April of 2019. All right, before we get started, just a little Chargers history fact for you like we do with every episode. After the team was founded on August 14th, 1959, it began play on September 10th, 1960 as a charter member of the American Football League, otherwise known as the AFL. Now, without further ado, you know about me. Now let's welcome the former linebacker to the show, Kyle Emanuel. What's going on? It is such an honor to have you here representing Charger Nation post-retirement. I, for one, am excited to hear your story and get to know you a little better, along with our audience, of course. But before we do that, I just have to ask that you give a special shout out to my boy, Eric Devilbiss, who considers you and Denzel Perryman from the U, obviously I had to, as his favorite Chargers. Hey, Scott. Yeah, hey, it's awesome to be on the show, man. And I will give that big shout out to your buddy, Eric. Um, I'm honored. Hey, I know I've been uh, out of the league a little bit, but it's nice to know that some people still uh, some people are still some fans. So uh, big shout out to Eric. And um, hey, I know he's still got Denzel to watch uh, still balling out for the Chargers. So but hey, like I said, great to be here and uh, covering a team that 
you know, it means a lot to me. Honestly, it's kind of like my alma mater. I only played for one professional team, so uh, it's it's nice to kind of stick around and and still be able to cover the Chargers a little bit. Awesome, awesome. Well, we are happy to have you. Obviously, Kyle, it's uh, such an honor. So we'll start out with a few questions for you before we get into it, talking about the Steelers and Chargers. Now, what was the decision that led to your retirement ultimately? Yes, yeah, Scott, there was there was kind of a lot that went into it, and it was one of those things that I kind of mulled over for a really long time. And and you know, I've said it before, but it was easily the hardest decision I had to make. But um, it kind of came down to uh, a couple different things for me. One was one was the injuries, and that was kind of what I told people was the X factor when I weighed everything against uh, against each other. Um, I had a number of them last year. I've had a number of concussions, and with all the talk of you know head injuries in the NFL and football in general. Um, that was something that I had to consider kind of going forward. And that was, that was kind of when, like I said, when I was, was going, to, when going, going back and forth a, a million times over in my head, um, that was kind of the thing that, that led me to, to retiring. And, uh, you know, it just kind of felt like that, that desire, that burn, it, it wasn't there. And I wasn't going to cheat a team, whether it was the Chargers or someone else. Um, I wasn't going to cheat them if I wasn't, you know, 100% bought in. So, like I said, there was, there was a lot that went into it. And, uh, and something that I had to go over a million times in my head, but ultimately came to the decision that it was time to end my career. We salute you because, you know, uh, players that athletes just in general in any sport, hockey, football, you name it, that put their that put themselves through that type of, you know, stress, you know, causing bodily harm, definitely uh, props. And it's just awesome that you're with us now and able to still talk about football, even though uh, you're away from the field at the moment. I understand that you're a North Dakota State Bison and just want to talk about like what's your relationship around the league with some uh, former alumni. We obviously know Easton Stick, third string QB for the Chargers. Anybody else you care to mention? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys out there. Uh, Billy Turner, who plays for the Packers, start. He was actually one of my sweet mates uh, in college, so he's still out there. Joe Haig is with the Colts. I know, oh, obviously, the the big name everyone knows, Carson Wentz, uh, playing quarterback for the Eagles. So, and there's there's guys that are kind of bouncing in and out of the league a lot, coming from NDSU, and it seems like we have a guy uh, every year. Chris Board is with the the Ravens. So, uh, there's a lot of guys, and it's, it's it's a big point of pride for us you know, NDSU guys to, to kind of show that, you know, we, yeah, we played at a smaller FCS school, but we can still kind of do it on the, on the big stage. So Easton, it's kind of funny. I met with Easton probably just a couple of weeks before the draft, you know, I was still living out in LA and he was out there on a visit and uh, got to sit down and have dinner with him. And he, you know, just talked about how he enjoyed it, got to meet all the coaches, everything went well. And then, uh, you know, lo and behold, two weeks later, he gets drafted by the Chargers. So kind of cool. I'm really happy for him, you know, kind of kind of let him be at the time, you know, or at least for now. I know he's he's busy with the season, but uh, someone I'll definitely keep in touch with and just, you know, just always check in and see how things are going. Nice, nice. And what would you say is the uh, or excuse me, what would you say the best thing about playing for you was and what was your most, let's say, what was your most memorable game that you played in? Well, I think when you ask any athlete, especially football players, you know, what's the best part of playing? And it's not even necessarily in the NFL. And it's always the brotherhood, being around the guys, being in a locker room, being a part of something that's kind of bigger than yourself. That That's just something that's hard to find. And I know you can you can kind of find it elsewhere in, in different jobs and different aspects of life. But it's hard to duplicate that, which what you get inside of a locker room and how close you get. There's so much diversity. People come from all different backgrounds, but everyone's kind of working towards one common goal. And it's it's awesome to be a part of. And I mean, as far as a favorite memory, it's it's pretty easy for me. And 
it's my first my first ever game. Um, which it kind of was soured a little bit because I did get injured in the game, but it started off really well. Um, I I got I got the start. You know, as a fifth round pick, that's definitely not something that's guaranteed. So I got the start. Had a sack, had an interception, and we won the game. Um, it was the first game of the year against the Lions. It was packed. Uh, it was a wide out. I still remember that. It's just one of the – got to run out of the tunnel, you know, get your name announced. I, it was just one of those memories that uh, it's hard to beat and something I'll definitely never forget. Oh, yeah, blood, sweat, and tears all the way. I love uh, – as a matter of fact, I felt like – so the other day I had mentioned you on my Instagram that uh, we were going to be co-hosting the show together. I uh, backed it with Metallica's one because I just felt like on the defensive side of the ball, I think Metallica had hard hitting, edge cutting, like just it. like in your face mentality when yeah. it comes down to um, you know football and things like that. So yeah, and that's kind of like in my mind, like we're running out of the tunnel together and doing this show. So that, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, I have a very creative uh, mindset, you could say. I like it, Scott. Uh, hey, that's why that's why we got you here, man. Yeah. All right. Lovely, lovely. So, all right, let's move on to uh, recapping the Steelers and Chargers game last Sunday night. Obviously not the finish uh, the Chargers wanted, and it seems like as of late, they're underachieving a lot. I'm just going to roll off some stats real quick. We have, you know, we're at a 2-4 and four record through six games. Rivers, 26 for 44, 320 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Melvin Gordon, eight carries for 18 yards, three receptions for 30 yards. Austin Eckler, who compliments him, obviously, five carries, 14 yards, three receptions for 14 yards. And the highlight of them all, highlight Hunter Henry, as I like to call him, eight receptions, 100 yards, and both touchdowns scored. Mike Williams, five receptions, 72 yards. Chargers outscored 21-0 in the first half. And then the defense, no sacks, one interception. Now, after hearing that, what do you have to say about the state of the team from your previous knowledge of playing with them? Yeah, Scott, there's kind of a lot to dissect there. And um, I guess, you know, when I start to think about it, I, I, I still think about the guys in the locker room and I obviously know still a lot of them there and have a lot of friends on the team still. And it, it's one of those, and I get asked this a lot, you know, what's the locker room like after after a loss or, you know, when you are two and four and you lost some games that you probably should have. And it's it's sad. It's depressing. Whatever word you want to use, it's not what you want to be happening. But at the same time, it's one of those things you get 24 hours and it's a cliche, but it's, you know, it's a cliche for a reason. You get 24 hours and you watch the film and it's terrible. And then you just have to move on and you have to keep grinding. I, I think, you know, I've, I was on this team when we were 0 and 4. I was on this team. I think last year we were 2 and 2, you know, that so I've seen it turn around before. So I'm not sitting here, you know, saying there's no hope left, but it, it's getting to that point where there has to be an urgency and uh, they, there's not a lot, lot of games left that they can afford to lose if they want to make the playoffs. Very true. And with the Bears and the Packers on tap, it's not going to get any easier. That's for sure. Especially with those, uh, well, you got the Bears defense and then you got Aaron Rodgers leading that Packers offense too. Uh, what do you think about the current state of Gus's defense? Yeah, so you know, first of all, I love Gus Bradley. I know that's yeah, I'm just gonna admit that right off hand. He's a North Dakota State guy as well. I love playing for him. He's such a positive guy, and, and he kind of gets the men- the mental side of of football. But what Gus's defense is kind of predicates on is you have to be able to tackle well, and it's gonna give up some checkdowns. You know, it's a four under three deep defense, cover three. A lot of people know it's cover three. And when you're playing cover three, there's there's gonna be checkdowns. You have Four, the, the four guys underneath are all about, you know, 9, 10, maybe 11, uh, 11, 12 yards. 
So there's going to be checkdowns. And when you play like Devlin Hodges, you know, a guy in his first career start, a third stringer, that's what you saw. They were able to run the ball and then he was able to check down and he had it all over the place. And then when he was checking it down, the tackling wasn't there. So when you play a defense like this, and the reason he likes playing the defense like that, you can always have a safety in the box. It gives you eight in the box, helps against the run. But when you're able to run the ball, when you when now you're forced to play, you know, now they're playing a little more man to man trying to get downhill, and then you're missing tackles, it makes things difficult. And uh I thought, you know, especially in that first half, they moved the ball a lot better than I was expecting them to. My personal take is, and I've said this on previous episodes, is that in terms of the offense, I feel like, and I love Melvin Gordon to death. I think he's an awesome baller. I have him on my fantasy team, not to mention that. <laughs> um, I feel like ever since he came back, he's kind of, I don't want to say it's his fault necessarily, but installing him back into the offensive game plan when Austin Eckler was doing so well on his own accord has kind of messed with the chi slash flow of the offense. Now, can you back me on that, or uh, do you have your own uh, take? No, I I was actually going to mention that too, Scott. I would 100% agree. I think, you know, it's not to say that the Chargers are worse with Melvin Gordon, but you kind of you get so used to him being gone that when he comes back and now you're trying to fit, okay, well, now we have to establish running game with him away. Austin was doing some good things here. It kind of, you're exactly right. It mess, it just messes with things. That it might mess with the whiz, the, you know, the offensive coordinator and play calling. And it, it just throws things off a little bit. Now he's a unique talent and he's a guy that you want, but when you don't have that chemistry, there's just something to be said about being around a guy. And he's gone for so long that I think it, it might be throwing things off. You know, I don't know. I'm not in those meetings, but you know, I think you and I both from, from watching games have kind of noticed that. And I actually had also mentioned, I was looking at some of the statistics and uh, when I see that Austin Eckler was having, what was it, like 18 touches, you know, carries and catches included, plus a game, uh, Chargers won both those games. And since Gordon's been back, it's kind of, you know, like we just said, messed with that elemental aspect of the game. But we'll see if Coach Lynn can make those uh, proper adjustments. That's actually one of the words I've used on previous episodes many times is adjustments, because like in life, in football, you got to make adjustments, whether you're winning or losing on both sides of the ball. Now, let's take a glance at the AFC West and outlook for the Chargers. First of all, we got the Titans coming up this Sunday, also two and four. Now, I just heard that they are starting Ryan Tannehill. Anything to add to that? Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of a shocker, right? But I mean, Mariota's completing less than sixty percent of his passes, seven touchdowns, and two interceptions, and the Titans are averaging sixteen points a game. So, I kind of get it. It's it it's not good for for. For Marcus, obviously, he's he's going into a contract year in his fifth year here, and now you're switching quarterbacks. The guy who's been your, I mean, they've they've been nine and seven, I believe, the last three years or something like that. So he's a guy who's won some games. It's it's kind of funny because they're playing the Chargers, who are also two and four, and both both teams kind of looking for some answers offensively. So, I mean, I kind of I kind of get it, and maybe it might be a good. I mean, it might might work out for him. You know, uh, Mike Vrabel, the the head coach, and maybe this sparks the offense. Who knows? I guess we'll find out on Sunday. Yeah, and like the Chargers, the Titans are also, they've been uh, pretty inconsistent this year. I mean, you've had two games where they were like killing it. Like they went into Cleveland game one and they just tore them apart. And suddenly people are like, whoa, who is this Titans team? And here they are now at two and four. Same thing with Cleveland too. They're an enigma to me because they practically won the Super Bowl in the offseason on paper. (laughs) And they're they're underachievers. And I, for one, you know, we're both fantasy footballers, you and I, and yep. I and 
having Odell Beckham on my team has just been such a disappointment this year. Like he was my first pick. I actually traded. Oh no, the th- the third pick. I didn't trade him. I traded the third pick to get the eleventh pick in a twelve team league. Because I like because I felt like on the turn there was still enough depth there to get some right. good players, including receivers, on that. And I kind of, uh, you know, backfired on me a little bit. I mean, I can, I can live with it, you know, learn for next year. But also, there's that's when the waiver wire pickups come in. And um, I guess you could say that the uh, the sugar on the wound, you know, to sweeten it up and to seal it up would be that I won both my leagues last year. Last year, so. Um, well, That's something I can take with me to the grave is that at least I did it once. <laughs> but we'll see what happens this year. To address the elephant tum in the room, hands to the face call. That's been a widespread word around the league about Trey Flowers the other night, which ultimately yeah. resulted in the Packers winning that game. Now, from a defensive standpoint, what is what's your opinion on that? And how are these referees coming in these games and uh, making these uh, ticky-tack calls. Yeah, I mean, how much time we got, Scott? <laughs> I can, I feel like I I'm, I could talk about this one for a while. I'll but, be here uh, all week. <laughs> I mean, when you when you look at uh, you look at these penalties, and I, I, I'm going to start first offensively. And a running back can literally stiff arm a defender in the face, right, right in the face mask, throw him to the ground, perfectly fine. We all love it. We all call it a great stiff arm. A defensive lineman who is trying to execute a stab. Well, I call it a stab. Basically, when you throw that long arm, you throw your your inside arm right into the chest, If the in, which is extremely difficult to place that. And that's where you need to place it, right in the chest. If you're on the shoulder, if you're too low, it, it just it's not effective. And if they place it perfectly and then it slides up and happens to nick an offensive lineman in the face mask, automatically call the penalty. And that's kind of what happened on the first one you saw with Trey Flowers at the very, very end. It, it kind of slid up. So, I mean, okay, I guess maybe I'll give him the first one. But the second one, he's off to the left. He's on his shoulder. I don't get that one at all. I just I just don't see it. I personally w- had hands to the face by an offensive lineman number of times, and I think it was missed 100% of the time. I don't know if I ever got a call for that. So it, it's hard enough to play defense in this league as it is. And when you start – throwing penalties like that. And then we're not even mentioning, you know, the missed pass interference. The Lions, they, they got screwed. Let's just be honest. They got screwed there at the end. But right. um, I think this is kind of a bigger issue as far as um, the hands of the face and, and just playing defense in, gen- in general. There's just so much going against them at this point in time. In the <laughs> I'll say. I mean, one thing that's really getting me really fed up with the NFL is the roughing the passer calls. I mean, this oh, yeah. is getting like way out of hand. Back in the day... I mean, you know this better than anybody else. Everyone's taught to tackle below the waist because that's the only way you're going to get a player down. You tackle high, guy's going to be able to move you back and knock you over as a defender. You tackle below, he's got nowhere to run because whether it's around the ankles, around the knees, around uh, the uh, upper part of the leg area, the hammies. Uh, Now they're calling those because of the Tom Brady rule. Now I love Tom Brady. I still think he's the the GOAT, but – I think ever since he had that knee injury a few years back, they've been really uh, sensitive about and focused about calling those. And it's real. Oh my God. It's so last year, you know, I grew up watching the Redskins and everything. And obviously I'm watching the Redskins and Packers last year. Redskins ended up winning that game. Clay Matthews came in and nailed Alex Smith to the ground. And they called that a roughing the passer penalty. Now it was a pretty hard hit. And even I, 
not rooting for the Packers was like, come on, that's a little, far- I mean, we'll take it, but right. that's a little far fetched. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely getting out, out, out of hand. I was guilty of it last year. I, I was coming on a pass rush. I was kind of, kind of falling and I was like, okay, I know I can't hit him below the, uh, below the knee. So I tried to hit, uh, I believe it was against the 49ers. And I tried to hit him in the waist, but when you hit him in the waist, they still kind of bend, right? They give that, that look, that, that eye test to the ref. It kind of looks like you hit him lower than you actually did. So of course I get flagged for it. The other thing is the helmet to helmet stuff is just completely one-sided. I, I know I play defense and I'm, I'm a little biased here, but you look at the, the other call Lions safety had, in that game against the Packers and he's going low. He literally has his hands out. He's trying to go for the ball and, and they're both, you know, a foot off the ground. And at the last second, he turns his head to kind of try and avoid contact. And he's flagged for that too. So it's, like I said, I, I don't, there's a lot of uh, questions and, and things that are uh, unanswered and, and it's just hard to play defense at this point. Yeah. Those helmet to helmets are definitely very uh, subjective because most of the time it's incidental contact and refs are still going to make that call, ultimately screwing one team over or another. And that's just, you know, it's not fair. Football's, uh, you know, as exciting of a sport it is to watch, it's, it's getting a little watered down for my taste. I love watching it. Don't get me wrong. And there are some flat out great plays being made, but this is why I am primarily a hockey fan too because they haven't changed much in hockey right. i mean there are there were some uh they've cleaned up a little bit but not enough to the point where people are getting fed up with some of the questionable calls but that's besides the point so moving on we'll talk some uh fantasy football waiver wire pickups this week my top pickups are uh, alan lazard wide receiver for the packers had a pretty good game the other night Devonte adams fighting that toe injury for anybody who has not picked up lazard i suggest that you do it obviously jamal williams is there giving aaron jones a little push for his money running back for the packers and how can we forget hunter henry oh yeah who i yeah i made the biggest mistake i had him actually earlier this season and no. i dropped him after he had that injury and i knew he was coming back in a few weeks and my brother-in-law picked him up you got spooked i get it i mean you never know yeah and he killed he he lit it up the other day and then lastly uh buffalo bills defense right now they're open they're only owned in 68 percent of leagues for yahoo i picked him up this week uh versus the dolphins you got anybody to add to that list you know, so who I picked up, I had just some really bad. I had Arizona's defense, um, kind of out of necessity, and uh, I'm I'm kind of scrolling through, just seeing who's available this week. And the Broncos' defense was available in my league, and I think at least close to fifty percent, maybe maybe not anymore. But they, I mean, they had like twenty four points last week. They started out slow, and I think it scared some people. And I think they're kind of they're definitely on the rise right now. I mean, they started out zero and four, and now they're two and four. And I think their defense is playing well. So I picked them up, and uh, I think they'll be getting some starts here, definitely coming up. All right, that Broncos D historically have been really stout, but this week against Kansas City, we'll we'll see how well they are equipped to uh, handle that load. And Kansas City coming off, I mean, speaking of AFC West, right? Kansas City two losses in a row. Helps the Chargers, but the fact that the Chargers aren't winning, they're not helping themselves. Yeah, the the state of the AFC West is kind of it's kind of crazy right now. I mean, the Chiefs it's not not what you expect for the Chiefs to lose two in a row. The Chargers obviously not at home, no less. Yeah, exactly, not playing well right now. The Raiders are somehow now looking like they could be a playoff team. So, I mean, it, but it is good news ultimately for Chargers fans, for the players, everyone involved. Uh, you're two and four, but you're you're only two games out. Uh, from first place so you know a lot can still be done uh here in this season 
Did you happen to catch Hard Knocks at all? Uh, the Raiders? Very, very little of it. But uh, yeah, I, I saw a little bit of it. Yeah, it's int- I I got to tell you, uh, well, after watching that, you kind of start to care, minus Antonio Brown. You start to kind of like care for some of these players. Like I'm right. really happy to see uh, Darren Waller doing so well after what he went through. You know, it's interesting because, you know, obviously AFC West rival to the Chargers, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're all just a bunch of guys doing their job and everything. And a lot of them are friends with other guys around the league. And Darren Waller, he was, you know, substance abuse it's substance abuse issues when he was on the Ravens practice squad. So it's good to see him being Waller the baller right now. Just not against the Chargers. Right. So that's it. So anyways, uh, yeah, let's make our NFL picks for this week's game. We'll go game by game in each slot. And right now we'll start with what we just talked about, Kansas City at Denver. What are you thinking about that one? Yeah, this is kind of a tough one for me, but I mean, the two teams kind of go in opposite directions. One, you know, one started four and one started two or zero and four, and now uh, been opposite the last two games. I gotta go Chiefs. I just I don't see them losing three in a row. I know it's yeah, it's tough on the road, but I'm gonna go Chiefs. I'm gonna stick with you on that one, Chiefs too. I I still even if they were like zero and three or something, I still wouldn't write them off because they just have way too many skilled players on that exactly. team. All right, this one's a toughie. Maybe not. Uh, Dolphins and Bills. <laughs> uh, <I will laughs> At with, Buffalo. I'll go with the Bills. <laughs> I think I need to say right. much about that one. Bills all the way. All right. I'm going Bills too. My buddy Aaron Rosenberg out there. He's pretty happy with that pick. Huge Bills fan. Jacksonville at Cincy. Well, since he has not won a game yet, um, Jacksonville's kind of struggling as well. I think the Minshew magic has worn off a little bit. Uh, I'll just I'll go out of limit here. I think since he gets their first win of the year. Okay, interesting. And Jacksonville just lost Jalen Ramsey too. Who else? Exactly the Rams, and his name is partially in that Ramsey. Nice. I like what you he was meant. To, yeah, he was meant to be. He was meant to be there. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a man of my buddies. They call me the pun isher. <laughs> you know how it is. All right. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to stick with Jacksonville in that game. So that's where we differ. Uh, next, Viking. Special. What's that? Upset special. Got yep. you. Vikings at Lions. It's an interesting one. Yes, it's really interesting for me because uh, of where I live now. Everyone's a Vikings fan, and I, I co-host a radio show covering North Dakota State, and we do pickums as well. And I went with the Lions. I thought they, you know, they looked good Monday night against the Packers. Probably should have won that game. Vikings are also playing really well, but uh, I had to go against you know some of my buddies who are Vikings fans, so I went Lions. Okay, I'm going to go Vikings in that one just because, uh, well, I have Dalvin Cook on my fantasy team too. Makes sense. Uh, on one of two of them. Plus, I, they're so ex- – I don't know what it is about that. They're exciting to watch. And obviously, Kirk Cousins being back there, I mean, you don't know what he's going to do, whether he's going to hit or miss. Sometimes right. his unpredictability makes him exciting. So I'm going to go Vikings in that one. Although, you know, if the Lions win, they're at home. Plus, they just came off a heartbreaking loss. It wouldn't surprise me if they won because they got a lot to prove right now. Uh, next up, Raiders at Packers. Uh, ooh, that's a, I think that's a tough one, too. That's a little bit tricky. It's hard for me to go against the Packers. I don't know if I'm completely bought in on the Packers yet, but they, I mean, they're winning games, and sometimes that's a, that's a sign of, a, of good teams. So I'll take the Packers at home. Okay, I'm going to take the Packers, too. 
Also, their defense has been doing pretty well this year. You know, years past, they've been pretty average, I would say. They're a little bit more than above average this year based on the way they've been playing. Next, we got Rams at Falcons. Uh, I'm going Rams. Uh, they're coming off a tough loss against the 49ers. Um, I know it's n- it's never easy for a team from the West to travel East that far, but uh, I'll, I'll go with uh, the Rams. I'm going to stick with the Rams too as well, definitely too, and alluding to your point. We got AFC South division rival here, Houston Texans at Indianapolis Colts. I have to go with the Texans. I think they're playing. They're playing. They're playing well. Deshaun Watson's been looking like a possible MVP candidate. So I'll go Texans. I'm going to take the Texans too. I love watching them too. Another exciting team, especially uh, DeAndre Hopkins over there. Next up, oh, uh, <laughs> this one's going to kill me. Niners at the Redskins. I'm going to take <laughs> the Niners. <laughs> I have to. I hey, I get it. That's your team. Um, it's hard to go against them, but yeah, you have to pick the Niners. They're they're undefeated, and uh, they're not really showing any signs of slowing down. No, definitely not. They're definitely stacked on both sides of the ball. And former Redskins offensive coordinator, Mr. Kyle Shanahan over there, too, as the Niners head coach. He knows a little thing or two about the Skins. Next up, Arizona and the Giants. Yeah, at, the, battle of the, the battle of the rookie quarterbacks um this one's tough for me as well i think both teams have have shown some promise at times but i'm gonna take i'm gonna take new york i just uh i think daniel jones has a good game and then they come out with a win not to mention saquon barkley's also likely back this week too i'm gonna go with the giants yep okay this is us chargers at the titans I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, go figure, right? Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm biased here, but uh, you know they're still my team. But I think I think they it, they're not that far away. They just have to get a fast start. You know, when you're coming back, trying to come back from, uh, I think they were sit down with 14 or 17 against Denver, and they down 21 against Pittsburgh. I mean, that's that's tough to do, and they've almost done it both times. So they just need to get on a roll, right? It's some it's, sometimes it's kind of a mental block. So get something going early, and I think they can win this game. All right, I'm going to go with the Bolts, too, on that one. Definitely got to pick up the slack a little bit, but I believe they can do it in this game. Next up, Saints at the Bears. That's a potent offense versus a potent defense. Yeah, is uh, Drew Brees is still out, correct? Yeah, um, I think he's out till a little after week nine. So I'm going to go with defense. I'm going with the Bears. I know the you know Teddy Bridgewater's been really doing really well filling in for him, but I just think uh, – I don't think they're going to have enough offense in this game, so I'll go Bears. Okay, I'm going to go Saints. I think Teddy Bridgewater has exceeded expectations this year. I know last week against the Jaguars, it was a low-scoring game, but I think that with the Saints' firepower over there, they could definitely score more points than the Bears' offense. Next up, Birds and Birds, Ravens at Seahawks. That's a good matchup. Oh, that's a, that's a we got some good ones this week. Um, yeah, I, I think Seattle's just been finding a way to win, and they've kind of every single game is kind of close, no matter who it is. But they've been finding a way to win cross country for the for the Ravens. Anytime Seahawks are at home, uh, it's tough to pick against them. Although the Chargers uh, was part of that one, we did win there last year. But I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I'm going to go with Seahawks as well, being the home team there. They Russell Wilson always plays pretty clutch at home. NFC East rivalry here. My dad's Eagles at Dallas. 
I think the Eagles win again, a little biased because Carson, my old teammate is their quarterback, but uh, I think the Cowboys can continue to, to fall a little bit. I'm gonna go with the Eagles. And I'm, I'm quite okay with that. Just so you know, <laughs> uh, yes. Wensylvania is going to come out like a bad habit and do some damage. And I have him on my fantasy team, just so you know. So when you too. get a chance, text him, yeah, text him and tell him to put, throw more this time for yeah, us. I'm sure he'll listen for you and me. <laughs> I think he'll he'll do the right thing. (laughs) All right, Monday night, Patriots at Jets. I think we know where we're going with this. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pick the upset, although the Jets did look really good or at least a lot better um, last week against Against Dallas. Dallas. But uh, no, I'm not uh, not picking against the Patriots. Why would you do that? I know, that's that's very tough to do. They they got – they just – they have the moxie. They have they have the nerve to do what it takes to win every time, and uh, Belichick's he's just a mad scientist. And I think until the day he retires, the Patriots are going to continue doing things and whatever it takes to win. As they say, do your job. Yeah, I know I know that all too well. Um, <laughs> having lost them last year in the playoffs, they're, they're I think they they schemed us better than any team. And uh, you know, you, you hear a lot about Belichick and how he's you know one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest, and. But that's all, you know, that's kind of talk. And then you actually play them and you see it uh, firsthand. And, you know, the Patriots don't always have the most talent, but they have guys that play hard and they do their job, like you said, and and uh, they find ways to win, uh, whether it's with defense or offense, they can do it all. You know, it's interesting. So let's talk a little bit about that, Goat. Uh, what's it like, let's say, from a defensive standpoint to line up against someone like Tom Brady? What does he do at the line that differs from all other quarterbacks at play? Well, so I'll give you an example. We we kind of switched up in that cover three defense I talked about earlier in the show. We kind of switched up something we did there, and we have similar safety, which basically means uh, on one side of the of, of the defense you don't have a buzz player or a flat player because if you know if two runs vertical, you you uh, you lose your safety. So now you don't have a buzz player out there, and so we com- kind of completely switched up what we were doing there <clears throat> and uh, I believe within a drive or maybe within the first drive he had already kind of figured that out you know and this was something we had never shown before it's completely different they were hitting us again with those check downs like we talked about and uh, they, they had figured whether it was him or Belichick or whoever it was someone figured it out and uh, obviously we didn't have a great day that that day defensively so it's uh it's fun in in a sense to line up against him just because of who he is and the fact that I was watching him you know when I was in grade school and now I'm playing against him which is kind mm-hmm. of cool. you know the last play of my career was against him but uh it's not fun in the sense that he's really good at what he does <laughs> yeah I, it's yeah and as a, as a fan you know sitting back and watching it's just like he always puts on a clinic and if he's not throwing the ball they're running the ball pretty well too now Absolutely, yeah, and they played so, really yeah. defense. Mm-hmm. Actually, I uh, heard a story last week that Julian Edelman, same thing, you know, watched him in grade school before playing with him and had a 12 jersey that he used to yeah. wear. Yep, I saw so that. That's, well. uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, foreshadowing. <laughs> right. So that's good stuff. Just a reminder that if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary and tune in. You can find us on the web at believe.com and at believe podcasts on all your social media accounts. Time for our listener questions. Let's see here. Kevin from La Jolla asks, What are the Chargers' chances at making the postseason at two and four? Well, I for one don't see it happening because they have yet to prove me wrong. 
Lots of mistakes need to be rectified, and that starts with the play calling for me. Bears and Packers, like I said earlier, on the mend is a tough task. Kyle, care to weigh in? Yeah, I think I think they need some help from the division, and um, I don't think the AFC is is great this year, um, other than at the top. Um, but I mean, you're looking usually. You know, we talked about as a team, usually you need ten wins to get in. Maybe you can get in with nine. On weird years, you can get in with eight. So with four losses, uh, there's not a lot. Like I said earlier, there's not a lot of room for error. Um, I would still say there's a chance. I'm not going to cut them out. Uh, just yet, just because I've been a part of a team that, like I said, was was zero and four and and was one game away. So I think there's a chance, but it's it's an uphill climb for sure. All right, all right. Then uh, Michelle from Hollywood asks if there are any trade talks coming. I have not heard anything yet, other than the possibility of Melvin Gordon being dealt. But that was just a rumor last week. It was rumored that Buffalo was looking at him. Have you heard anything? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. And you know, kind of the, the history of the Chargers, not a lot of trades. I think we had one in season, one or two while I was there. So there's usually not a ton. But hey, you never know. Look at look what happened yesterday with the with the Rams and everything they were doing. And so you never know. Yeah, it was uh, two first round picks. Exactly. James from El Centro asks if Coach Lynn is on the hot seat. Well, James. I think if the Chargers don't pick up the pace and miss out on the playoffs, then he has a real shot of being replaced despite his winning record for the organization. But being that we may see a frenzy of coaching changes around the league in 2020, I would not be surprised if they look into the possibility. Yeah, I think there's always a chance. And uh, it's it's kind of the the tough part about this business, especially as a player. Um, I don't think uh, I, you know, when I was a rookie, we went four and 12 and Mike McCoy kept his job. So I think the Chargers are a little more loyal than than most teams to their head coaches. I think they they got to take into account some of these injuries. I mean, he is not playing uh, with his best players out there right now, and they're kind of scrambling along the offensive line just trying to fill in holes. So I think he keeps his job basically regardless of what happens this year. All right. Well, we will see what happens. So, folks, that is our show for the day. Kyle. What was your favorite part about this? Well, Scott, you know me, and we talked about this before the show. I love doing the picks, just going around the league and uh, and seeing what we think is going to happen. And I also love – I just love talking Chargers. I like following them. So um, there's a lot to like about the show. And uh, my first one, and I'm uh, happy to be a part of it. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! We are happy to have you here. Also – you know, every now and then, I'm not sure if it happens with you since you were drafted when they were in San Diego. Sometimes a slip of the tongue. I still say San Diego Chargers. Talk. I didn't do it on this show. I mean, there are times where I do do it. Oh, okay. But that's something, yeah, that's something we can talk about on another episode, obviously. I miss them being down in San Diego. San Diego is such a beautiful city. They deserve a professional sports organization other than the Padres, who have yet to make the playoffs in baseball. But the San Diego Chargers just has a better ring to it than the L.A. Chargers to me. Yeah, I uh, like you said, we can get into this a lot more. But um, now that I'm done and I can be a little bit less politically correct, I would 100% agree with you. We should have stayed in San Diego, um, and uh, I loved being there. Um, I think L.A. is it's going to be tough to kind of to overcome everything else that's going on there. There's just so much happening in L.A., and San Diego is a great place. I love living there. Can't lie. And obviously, if it weren't for playing at the StubHub Center right now, there probably would not have been a plethora 
everyone knows I love using that word from other episodes, a plethora of Steelers fans making up 80% of the crowd the other day. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the nation kind of finally got to see that, but that's, that's almost the norm. It's not as bad because the Steelers have such a good following and they kind of have fans everywhere. Uh, but it's usually 50 50. That's just something the players have to deal with, the coaches have to deal with. And it's uh, it's not fun, but it kind of is what it is at this point. Well, I feel like at Qualcomm, it would have been split a little more uh, evenly. You know, obviously, yeah. Steelers fans going down to San Diego just because of the size of the stadium. Ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps it up from our recording studios to your home, car, office, plane ride, or excuse to take that bathroom break at work. Thank you for listening. We are Scott and Kyle. Good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.